Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
על כל גויים השם, על השמיים כבוידוי. דום על כל גויים השם, על השמיים
J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning. Hello, hello. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We're in our New York City studios at the Nahum Siegel Network. J.M. in the A.M. is on. It's October the 31st, final day of October 2019. Day two in the month of Mar Cheshvan, the year 5780. Tough Shin Pei. Um, yeah, today's the second day of Mar Cheshvan. Imagine that. 62 degrees with 95% humidity. Winds are south. Six miles per hour. Showers today with a high temperature of 71. Then tonight, rain, wind, low 48. Tomorrow, shower. No, tomorrow, sunshine with a high temperature of 55 degrees. Um, right now, Yerushalayim is at 73. We are at 62 on a uh, Thursday morning broadcast here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Whole bunch of great. Uh, guest today coming up on JM in the AM. First of all, uh, Kathy Hochul, who serves as the uh, Lieutenant Governor of the State of New York, is going to join us about 7.35 this morning here at JM in the AM. Our good friend Bishop Stearns, who leads one of the most uh, pro-Zionist um, religious organizations, I would say in the world, and has been to Israel most likely more than any of us. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Not sure about the statistics, but to find out. Anyway, Bishop Stearns is going to join us at 8 o'clock this morning here at JM in the AM. Uh, at 8.20, one of the representatives of a beautiful event. I believe it's a beautiful event that's going to be happening next weekend on behalf of uh, our friends at Azer Mitzion. We'll do that later on. And Sivan Rahav Meir, the Israeli journalist who's now in the United States and has been an incredible inspiration both the professionally in this industry, and uh, in the world of Torah study through her shiurim and through her, uh, and through her work, through her books. Uh, she's going to be our guest coming up uh, just after 8.30 this morning here at JM in the AM. So lots going on. Boy, oh boy, we've got plenty happening, plus a full day, of course, on our network with Charlie Harari, Michael Fragan, Allison Josephs, Miriam L. Wallach. Um, live lunch coming up between 11 and 1. By the time 1 o'clock hits today, you will have been inundated Baruch Hashem with some amazing, incredible, and wonderful live programming. Just spread the word. Let everybody know this is how to spend the day, especially a Thursday with us right here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Mordechai Shapiro had Mika Hashem and Modeh. You heard Shema Yisrael from Shemayim. Eli Marcus, Shei Bane. Eli's going to be the entertainer at the Chidona Tanach day that's happening next Sunday. We'll talk more about that, of course. Gershon Veroba's Shimcha, Yitzchak Fuchs with Shiftu Dal, and Moda Ani, that's Regesh, of course, opening things up as we say good morning. Ohad is next. Thanks for tuning in. It's Thursday at JM in the AM.
Zusha with Ikvisa wrapping up the hour for us here at JM in the AM. The Hamish Hergish medley, which we've played actually a couple of times over the last couple of weeks from Maishi Menlowitz, the Nostalgia album before that. Yehuda Green with Nishmas, you heard Tzemach Tzedek done by, Tzemach Tzedek rather, done by Ohad to open up that set here at JM in the AM. Thursday morning, a minute before 7 o'clock, this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's on the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up later on in the 8 o'clock hour. Sivan Rahav Meir, the Israeli journalist who's now spending a lot of time in the United States. She'll join us coming up here at JM in the AM. We'll also have an opportunity to speak about Azer Mitzion with the co-chair of the big event coming up on the uh, 9th of November. And uh, Bishop Robert Stearns, who's joined us before, one of the uh, most pro-Israel religious leaders in the United States. He'll join us again coming up. And the Lieutenant Governor of New York, the Honorable Kathy Hochul, is going to join us at 7.35 this morning right here at JM in the AM. Gali, it's all in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. Hmm, I guess we're having a little difficulty with our news from Israel feed. Did not realize that. All right. We will head into the, uh, sometimes that happens where a recorded report replaces the live feed, and I'm not quite sure why that happens, and I apologize. We'll continue with hour number two we, as we uh, continue here at JM in the AM with Ayal Golan at JM in the AM. Shalom, <laughs> 
get the blessing. Say how do you do to the lovely world around you and the one who created you. These blessings they surround us in everything we do. From the sunrise to the moonlight, they be right in front of you. Give a blessing when you can. Learn to bless each other. When something don't feel right, give strength to one another. Give a blessing when you can. Learn to bless each other. When something don't feel right, give strength to one another. Day I sing your song, there are times to try and prove you wrong, and I know that I just need to try some love. So snap a picture, selfie, selfie. Learn to frame your situation. If you think you know it all, you're missing out some of that information. Oh, give a blessing when you can. Learn to bless each other. When something don't feel right, give strength to one another. Give a blessing when you can. Learn to bless each other. Something don't feel right. Give strength to one another. Someone who's always on your mind. Someone that always falls behind. Someone you know that just feeling low. Give them a blessing, make them feel right. 'Cause you have a soul and they have a soul, and you got the power. Just give it all and give them a breath and make them feel right. And you have the power to bring down their Give them blessing when you can. Learn to bless each other. When something don't feel right, give strength to one another. Give them blessing when you can. Learn to bless each other. When something don't feel right, give strength to one another. If a blessing's all you have, and a blessing's all you'll get, if a blessing's all you.
That is the song that um, Rabbi Yisrael Kamenetsky and I were referring to yesterday. We were talking about some of the uh, music that the DRS students had uh, had covered and uh, recorded, and uh, that's one of them, Shabbos Hayom. That's the one that Rabbi Kamenetsky described, made quite an impact both in DRS and at NCSY Kolel 
uh, last year. Rogers Park before that brand new with blessings. Eitan Katz had Liyushalayim. David Dardashti had Asher Bara. Uh, JM Nam Thursday on this final day of October, the 2nd of Maracheshvan. It's a Thursday. It means a big day here at JM in the AM. And the Nachum Siegel Network, we have a great uh, morning filled with wonderful guests. In addition to that, uh, it is Thursday, which means some amazing brand new live programming with people like Charlie Harari, Michael Fragan, Allison Josephs, Miriam L. Wallach, all starting at 9 o'clock. We'll do a live lunch from 11 until 1 in our studio. We'll certainly make uh, make sure to uh, discuss last night's final game of the baseball season. After all, we have a uh, prominent staff member who will be joining us for the live lunch, at least as of now, is planning on joining us for the live lunch from Houston, Texas. And that will all be coming up here at JM in the AM. A couple of things. First of all, the JCT dinner, the uh, Friends of Jerusalem College of Technology uh, dinner is happening this coming Sunday at the Jerusalem College of Technology. They are uh, well-known and have made quite a mark in the area of supporting the startup nation's research and development, in the area of advancing women in STEM, the area of integrating Haredi students in academia, and the area of empowering Ethiopian Israelis. Come learn about the programs and help build Israel's future at the JCT Gala Dinner, celebrating our graduates who've made major breakthroughs in the technology defending Israel. 50 years of inspiring innovation in the state of Israel. The dinner this Sunday honors Stu Hershkowitz, vice president of JCT, uh, Mariah and Yoni Belsberg, Tikva leaders of the future awardees. The guest speaker is John Medved, founder and CEO of Our Crowd, and it's happening this Sunday at Lincoln Square Synagogue in New York. I look forward to greeting everybody there. It is going to be quite an event. Last year was amazing, and I'm sure this year will be just as incredible jctgala.com again for information for this Sunday jctgala.com jctgala.com lots of open houses going on during the month of November for Yeshiva High Schools this coming Sunday Mayanot Yeshiva High School for Girls has their open house beginning with registration at 9am Stella K. Abraham High School for Girls in Queens has their open house beginning at 12.30pm Westchester Hebrew High School begins at 10.30 up in Mamaroneck. And um, all through the month of November, we'll remind everybody about the different open houses that are going on in the um, in the Yeshiva League community, if you will. A reminder, this coming Sunday is the New York City Marathon. And again, there will be Shacharis morning services at the Fort Wadsworth Staging Ground for the Jewish runners expected to compete in the 49th edition of the world-famous road race, the International Minion for New York City Marathoners is the longest established religious service of any kind at any major sporting event anywhere in the world. Um, the Minion is a project of J-Runners. The um, charity collection this year will go to High Lifeline. Information about The Minion, you can contact Peter Burkowski, peterburkowski at gmail.com, Peter Burkowski at gmail.com. Peter will join us in the uh, 8 o'clock hour tomorrow here at JM in the AM. J menu, <coughs> excuse me. J menu presents a taste of Crown Heights this coming Sunday between 1 and 4, benefiting toys for hospitalized children. Go to jmenu.com slash taste of ch. 
jmenu.com slash taste of ch for information about the taste of crown heights event coming up this sunday all right very good plenty more happening here on this uh on this um, a Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM. Um, there we go. Um, as we said, the uh, the uh, Lieutenant Governor of New York State is going to be joining us coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
few wise words won't make you smart. A little bit of sun won't dry you out. Two raindrops won't end this drought. But a little bit of friendship goes a long way. If you got a friend, you'll be okay. A little bit of friendship goes a long way. It'll bring you some muscle, you'll be okay. So give me a whistle, a whistle and muscle. Give me a whistle, a whistle and click. Give me a whistle, a whistle and muscle. Give me a whistle, a whistle and click. You're down and feeling small Got a phone but no one to call When your hope has sailed away And you've got nothing to say A little bit of friendship goes a long way If you got a friend you'll be okay A little bit of friendship goes a long way It'll bring you some muscle, you'll be okay So give me a whistle, a whistle and muscle Give me a whistle, a whistle and click Give me a whistle, a whistle and muscle Give me a whistle, a whistle and click So reach out your hand To a friend, don't hesitate For chocolate, this alert is all that it takes Brighten someone's day That will do the trick Bring in some mazo, you'll bring in some glee A bisale mazo, a bisale glee I'll give you some mazo, I'll give you some glee Baumentai mazo, come in to me A little bit of friendship goes a long way If you got a friend, you'll be okay. Little bit of friendship goes a long way. Bring you some puzzle, you'll be okay. So give me a whistle, a whistle and muzzle. Give me a whistle, a whistle and click. Give me a whistle, a whistle and muzzle. Give me a whistle, a whistle and click. Give me a whistle, a whistle and whistle. A whistle and puzzle, a whistle and click. Give me a whistle, a whistle and muzzle. Give me a whistle, a whistle and click. J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning comes from Eighth Day. Song is called a Bissala Mazel. Well, as we mentioned, uh, the Lieutenant Governor of a New York State joining us this morning here at JMNAM. Many important things going on, especially vis-a-vis our community. And uh, Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul, who has served in that position, uh, Lieutenant Governor of the State of New York since 2015, is with us live via telephone on this Thursday morning. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Well, thank you very much, Nock. I'm very happy to be on your show today. I appreciate that. It is no secret that uh, there was a, um, unfortunately, a, an important uh, anniversary that took place this past Sunday, and that is the uh, uh, first anniversary of the uh, massacre in Pittsburgh, the Tree of Life Synagogue. I know you were part of um, uh, of what New York City did to commemorate that day. What was it like at the Central Synagogue in New York City this past Sunday with those events fresh in everyone's mind? I have to tell you, it was a very powerful experience to be able to address a group of people who came from all faiths to stand with the Jewish community, and there's a lighting of candles by people from all around the world and representing different faiths. I think it was a sense of unity that was so necessary at this point where sometimes members of the Jewish community feel that they're 
in this fight alone, and that is the feeling we want to make sure goes away forever, that we are united, particularly in the state of New York, where Governor Coleman and I, we, we so respect uh, the contributions of the Jewish community. They have made New York City the city that it is. So I would say that was an experience that really touched my heart as I left there feeling even stronger, united, and I think that's what a lot of people felt as well. But the, obviously the anniversary was very sad. The faces of the victims uh, were shown on a screen, talked about their lives, and just a profound sense of loss for all of us. You know, the um, and I very much appreciate you being there and, and what you said there and what you're saying here about that day. Um, uh, but, you know, because, because of recent episodes, because of a certain... Th- a certain discomfort that members of the community have been feeling recently that uh, that we did not feel, um, you know, a while ago in New York. Um, there's been special attention being paid to anti-Semitism and different episodes that are taking place to the point where the um, where the the governor of New York actually called uh, for the uh, state police hate crimes task force to step things up and to exhibit the zero-tolerance policy uh, that New York State has toward these types of episodes. Um, What can you tell us, our community, about how New York State leadership is reacting to what's going on and the way that the New York State uh, police and special task forces are dealing with the problem? Well, this is something we have to deal with aggressively. Um, More than half the hate crimes in New York City overall have been been anti-Semitic, and those crimes are up over 63% just compared to last year. So something, something very sinister and evil is going on here where people feel at liberty to assault someone on a street corner or to disparage, uh, you know, to desecrate a synagogue with Nazi symbols. So we are in a new era. And Governor Cuomo, as he always does, has stepped up and said, there is no hate in our state. That is intolerable. And so he has activated the New York State Police hate crimes task force, and I'm sad to report that you know, it seems like a week doesn't go by where he hasn't has, had to have them go and investigate a crime. But I want people to know that they are out there uh, pursuing every single lead so we can catch the perpetrators and make sure that they never do it again. But also with respect to this invisible presence at yeshivas, particularly around the holidays and the holy days, and making sure that people feel secure when they go to synagogues to worship and even expanding our, we have a, a grant called Securing Communities Against Hate Crimes Grant. Right. $25 million is available to help uh, not-for-profits and residential camps. So I'm, it's sad to report that our hate crimes task force has been very busy, but they didn't even exist before. And that's just another indication of Governor Cuomo's strong commitment to uh, fighting this scourge and putting an end to it. Truly, people deserve to live and worship in the freedom of their communities without fear of of being spoken to negatively or physically assaulted. Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul, Lieutenant Governor of the State of New York, is with us live via telephone. You know, the truth is I, sh- I should have started this conversation by giving you uh, on to to accept on behalf of uh, of the governor and, uh, and, and New York State uh, leadership uh, a thank you, because relatively speaking, thank God, the holiday season has just ended in a relatively peaceful manner, and uh, and with all the ho- the help that's been given to our community by the governor's office and other government officials, uh, we were able to make it through in a, in a glorious fashion, I would say. And I I hope you had an opportunity to experience some of, some of the glory and beauty of the Jewish holiday season over the last month. 
Oh, absolutely. I was in Crown Heights a number of times <laughs> at various That's rabbis' fun. homes and uh, uh, enjoying the holidays and, and just, you know, just having spending time together. And especially at the conclusion of the holidays, we had a wonderful event. And I just want to say uh, everyone has made me feel so welcome and always has when I'm walking the streets in New York and just, you know, having a chance to interact with the Jewish community. And I would just say I feel the warmth, and I, and Governor Cuomo does as well. We, we truly, uh, really really value the relationship that we have, which is why we, we do what we do in New York, but also the governor has gone to Israel, I think, more than any other country. He's been there at least three times, including just this past June, right. to do an economic mission, but also just to reinforce our solidarity. You know, it's funny. You have a, you have a unique situation. You um uh, you you you, ha- you have the uh, the the pleasure I would I would hope of uh, leading a state that is so diverse with hundreds of ethnic groups with, uh, with with completely different types of neighborhoods and regions. Who knows that better than yourself? You know, someone like yourself who's so familiar with upstate New York and such a diverse population. And I guess the goal is to make everyone feel as comfortable as possible. You mentioned just a few minutes ago about the role the Jewish community has had in building this city, and and I, I think that role continues to expand and grow. And I would think that both the Jewish community and, and other communities, all you want is to see them have a positive influence on the residents of both New York City and New York State. Absolutely, and not live in fear. Right. That's the most important thing. In government, we have a responsibility to protect the health, safety, and welfare of all of our citizens. And when one particular group is under siege or under attack, that's when 20 million New Yorkers stand together. And that's what I spoke about at Central Synagogue, that that people need to know that they are not alone. And all over the state of New York, I I attended a beautiful event just a couple weeks ago in my hometown of Buffalo to launch the United Jewish Appeal. And very powerful speakers and motivating people just to think beyond their own religious beliefs and come together and support this cause, which which lifts up people all over the world. And so, there, I hope people feel that there are negative incidents, but on balance, I would say that you know we we so treasure uh, uh, members of the Jewish community, what they do in New York City, but all over the state, there are very active synagogues even in areas you wouldn't expect, and, and the upstate communities as well. And, and that's an important part of the fabric of every one of these these communities. Yeah. So we cherish that, and we protect it. And again, this is it is an honor to represent, as you say, a very diverse state. New York City has uh, more Jews outside of any, anywhere outside of Israel, but also has more Chinese anywhere other than Asia. And so it's like fascinating to see this confluence where people do live and work together peacefully, and I don't think that would occur in any other part of the world. It's, it's really in our DNA as New Yorkers, and that's what the Statue of Liberty stands for. Uh, whether you came here from any part of the world, you came during World War One, World War Two. My grandparents came and left poverty, extreme poverty, in Ireland, and it all worked out. And it's a beautiful experiment that we have to protect because there are so many forces out there that are trying to take down our democracy from outside and within. And that's that's the beauty of New York. And it's one of the reasons why we turn to New York state leadership to lead on this issue, because uh, as you point out, with all the different, uh, the hundreds of ethnic groups, I mean, everybody's a target. Everybody's a potential target of hate. Everyone's a potential target of discrimination. And uh, and therefore, because of the situation in this state and because of its diversity, it's so important that state leadership take a very strong role for, for other states and other leaders to follow, hopefully, uh, when it comes to... Um, uh, guaranteeing everyone's safety in this area. What What do you think of um, 
of the melting pot that New York's going to be this coming Sunday when when so many countries are represented on the uh, 26-mile course of the New York City Marathon. <laughs> it's an exciting time. Again, the photos from that and the coverage of it, it's just a reminder of why the state is so fascinating and that people feel comfortable coming from all over, and some it may be their first time ever, and, and people just, they're in awe of New York City. They truly are, and I'm proud of that fact that uh, we stand out as a beacon of hope for others, but also a place where you can congregate and live shoulder-to-shoulder, community-to-community, and enjoy fantastic sporting events like the marathon. So it's uh, going to be a little crazy with the traffic, I know, yeah. but uh, we always adapt. We're, we're tough and resilient. And, again, it is such an honor to be able to represent this state. And Governor Cuomo feels the same way, that the, we, we take public service very seriously. This is a privilege that is given to us by the voters, and we have to earn it every single day. And the opportunity to represent the Jewish community and get to develop deep friendships uh, has been a very special part of that. No question about that. Hey, what's more fun, serving in Congress or serving as Lieutenant Governor of New York? Oh, I can easily answer that one. Uh, As someone who actually likes to get things accomplished, get things done, and work with someone who is so bold and aggressive like Governor Cuomo, I would have to say, uh, hands down, it's Lieutenant Governor. It was a privilege to serve in Congress. I represented... Uh, I'm a Democrat, and it was a very conservative area, which I think will go very strongly for uh, President Trump's reelection. So it's uh, not uh, the values I espouse, but they were good people, hardworking, many farmers, uh, dairy farmers, and uh, small communities. So it was a privilege, but uh, when I have the option to choose between one or the other, uh, be able to represent uh, New York City all the way up to the Canadian border and over to Lake Erie, Lake Ontario, it is an extraordinary, extraordinary privilege. And I love being Lieutenant Governor. And Governor Cuomo has done so much for the state to be able to be a partner with him in lifting up people out of poverty and putting in more affordable housing for people and um, taking care of our airports. He just made a major announcement about opening a wing at LaGuardia. He takes on the bold initiatives that others have been uh, never never embraced, and that's what we do. So I think I answered that question. I, I love being lieutenant governor. You know, and um, so 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 when things move really slowly at the United States House of Representatives, none of that shocks you. <laughs> oh no, I sat there. You wait. You sit there and wait for hours and hours, and it's the time for the vote to come and the debate goes on. The big and meanwhile, I could be out there, you know, helping communities. You know, in Brooklyn, we have this vital Brooklyn initiative to help eradicate poverty and eliminate food deserts and and just take care of people in the most basic way. And so. On any given day, I felt I feel much more productive as a lieutenant governor. And, and again, our slogan is just get things done, and we've done that over the last few years. You know, it's funny in a way that I'm proud of. You know, it's funny you mentioned Laguardia because, and, it, and obviously, it could be frustrating. It's it's a big construction project, and obviously, it could be frustrating for those who regularly travel through there now. But it is pretty. It's pretty nice going by there now and seeing you know real progress made. It, it's 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 encouraging. To, to you know that the progress is now noticeable to those who uh, who drive by and, and and pass by LaGuardia at this point. So there's there's a, there's a lot of hope at the end of this project. They're sure that I'm in LaGuardia probably four or five times a week. I think I'm flying back in again Sunday, and uh, you know it's it is amazing to see that it's happening. You know not just in our lifetime but literally in just a few short years, and that's because the governor just really leaned into that project, and you know he gets his hands dirty. He loves fixing the subways and putting up bridges like the Tappan Zee, uh, largest infrastructure project in our country, but also tackling the airports 
or even Penn Station. My gosh, what a challenge that is. And uh, he's going to make that be something we're all so proud of. Well, he impressed us with the Kosciuszko Bridge, or pronounce it any way you want, but it's cut, it's cut about 10 minutes off of any trip I take to and from Queens, frankly. And I'm on that road a lot. And by the way, 10 minutes makes a big difference when you're dealing with a regular you know, 90-minute commute or whatever the case may be. And you sometimes ask yourself, and I'm being serious about this, why can't all these projects be done with that speed? We were we were shocked that we saw the beginning of that project, and just a couple of months later, you know, we we saw it come to fruition. I think you just have to chalk it up to leadership. I mean, everyone has the ability to do that. You know, his predecessors. Uh, again, the Tappan Zee Bridge was talked about for thirty years. Yeah, that's and true. He got that done in a few years, and so. I think it's when you make a bold decision, a bold proclamation, you're going to get something done. But then you just don't leave it to other people and hope that it finishes on time and under budget. You literally go in there and look at the plans, and you go on site. And the governor was just in Penn Station a couple days ago, you know, surveying the work. I remember uh, the Second Avenue subway at midnight. He was down there saying, "Why aren't there more workers during the midnight shift? We're trying to get this done." So it's just an example of the power of personality. And I'm the same kind of person. I'm very impatient, just like the governor is. <laughs> and, you know, we have a finite time to serve the public. It's up to them how long we serve our voters. And, you know, we, we honor that, that responsibility by really major accomplishments, setting high goals, but getting them done as soon as humanly possible. All right. I can't thank you enough. And we heard uh, about your role this past Sunday and uh, the statements made on behalf of the Jewish community. And I think you're right. When you make statements on behalf of the Jewish community, you're making statements on behalf of all communities of New York, frankly, because you'll be out there for for anybody who's uh, uh, the target of any haters out there. So a big thank you to you. And I thank you so much for joining us this morning and a continued success in your role as Lieutenant Governor. Well, thank you so much. I enjoyed the conversation. I hope to be on again. I appreciate that. Lieutenant Governor of New York, uh, Kathy Hochul, uh, serving as Lieutenant Governor since 2015 and uh, joining us again on the heels of this um, a really important first anniversary that was commemorated in New York City, as you heard her describe, uh, the anniversary of the Pittsburgh Massacre of uh, one year ago. And again, we thank Lieutenant Governor for her public statements and her stand, and we thank her for joining us this morning, 10 minutes before 8 o'clock. More coming up. You're listening to a, a Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM.
JM and the AM, that's brand new from Simcha Liner, who, by the way, is scheduled here at JM and the AM. Simcha Liner is scheduled to come in and talk about the brand new album. We'll get you that date, of course. Uh, also, our friends at Art School remind you that Rav Chaim Kanievsky on Chumash is now available. Rav Chaim Kanievsky, uh, brand new on Chumash Bracious, is available. Go to artscroll.com, use the promo code RADIO. Use the promo code RADIO for 15% off and free shipping in the United States. Again, go to artscroll.com. Rav Chaim Kanievsky on Chumash Bracious is 15% off and free shipping in the United States when you use the promo code RADIO. On the NSN app, someone asks how to make a, a donation or a reservation for the big Ohel dinner. We spoke about that uh, yesterday, of course, with David Mandel in our studio here at the JM and the AM. You can go to ohelgala.org, ohelgala.org. And that would be a very effective way of uh, getting your reservation in for the big dinner coming up on the 24th of November. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Round the world, the web, and AchimSingle.com, and the AchimSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app.
And we'll get back to our musical selections, of course. By the way, Shalshelis Medley, done by Shalshelis Jr. That's who opened up the 8 o'clock hour for us here at JM in the AM. Well, as we, uh, we, a, a guest of ours who we've spoken to before and someone who is one of the most outspoken religious leaders uh, in terms of the support of Israel and Jerusalem, is with us live via telephone. Bishop Robert Stearns is the founder of Eagle's Wings uh, and serves as its executive director. We had the uh, really the pleasure of um, a meeting uh, Bishop Stearns down in Washington at a wonderful event that took place a couple of years ago. And I am uh, thankful that we've been able to keep up a relationship. And uh, in addition to that, uh, thankful that... Um, he and those that he work with that he works with continues continue to um, exhibit such amazing public support for Israel. Bishop Stearns, welcome back to JM in the AM. Well, Bokatov, as they say now, <laughs> it's great to be here and great to be with your fam, your listeners, and uh, I'm a I'm a big fan. So good to be with you today. I appreciate that, Bokatov, to you. I hope the new year has been treating you well so far. So far, so good, my brother. Absolutely. You know, there's so many things to discuss, and as we know, and you know this better than anybody, Israel is always a target uh, for so many reasons um, uh, of so many around the world, and it seems we're always fighting some type of battle. The last time you were on, we had an opportunity to speak about BDS, uh, to talk about um, attempts in the religious community. Um, by certain groups to boycott Israel, and obviously in the academic community, it seems to be you know uh, the number one topic of the day. But how would you say we've made progress? If you if you'd agree that we have made progress in this area over the last few months, do you feel the BDS um, uh, efforts are are somewhat uh, less powerful than they were, or this battle is stronger than ever? Listen, it's such a strange time, isn't it? Because oh, it's yeah. kind of the best of times, worst of times. You know, you you feel like you take uh, two steps forward, then three steps back. Right. In, in some ways, I think the BDS movement um, has gotten a- any traction that it's gotten because perhaps we who oppose it have given it too much attention. Uh, you know, in a certain sense, I, I don't. Every day you hear of new companies that are joining with Israel. You hear of new alliances that are forming. There's a lot of good news out there, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good news out there. But um, then you come across uh, certain aspects, be they uh, academic um, or otherwise, where you just scratch your head and you think, okay, we, we obviously are living in, in parallel universes here. Um, I think that's happening around the world. I think we've got a, a, a real polarization happening here, globally. And that's why my, I advocate more than anything else, get people to Israel. Once you get people you know, in the land, on the ground, and they can see for themselves the reality of the Jewish state, we, we're having, uh, everything we, we're, we're having <clears throat> Bishop, I apologize, we're having terrible problems with this phone line. Uh, if you don't mind reconnecting with us, that would be amazing and wonderful, and I'd appreciate it, and I'm sorry about that. Uh, we're speaking to Bishop Robert Stearns. Uh, Eagle's Wings is the uh, is the organization that he leads, and uh, nobody has the connection to uh, Israel in the, uh, uh, in the religious community the way that he does, and I'm hoping that he'll reconnect in a moment. Uh, Bishop Stearns, are you there? 
I am. Oh, that, 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 that is a million times better, and I thank you for your patience with that. You know, it's funny. Before, before, we, before, before I ask that we get cut off, uh, the, the last thing you mentioned was travel to Israel and getting as many people as possible to see it up close and personal. This has been a real personal uh, um, um, uh, adventure for you because uh, I, I would, would, I, would it be accurate to say that your life changed once the physical land of Israel became an important part of your life? Well, it's, 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 that's, that's a huge understatement. I mean, there, everyone wants to use that phrase, right? Like, it changes your life, it changes your life. Right. There are very few things that literally can change your life like a trip to Israel. Israel is somehow the touchstone of not only <coughs> religious life, but your, your views on history, on global geopolitics, on human rights, uh, on values, all of these things somehow move from, you know, from black and white to color, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from, from, from 3G to 5G. I mean, everything just changes once you're there. And so that's why we just so strongly advocate getting people to Israel and letting them see it firsthand. Our, our current program, we're reaching out to young evangelical pastors whose parents and grandparents may have been real strong supporters, may have gone to Israel regularly, but that baton has not been passed to the next generation. And we see over and over again, once we get them to the land, once we get them there on the ground, everything changes and and a light switch goes on. And so that's why we've got to get people to Israel. You know, that's funny because you would think as as we get to the more current generations, travel so much easier and in some ways less expensive. You'd think that the the travel would just increase in someone's family. You're saying there are families out there, even, <clears throat> excuse me, of evangelical leaders whose previous generations spent more time in the Holy Land. I think that it's because, um, uh, you know, it's on everybody's bucket list. Everybody says, oh, yeah, I want to get there one right, day. Right. But these pastors who are in their 20s, they're in their 30s, they have this, they have this mental picture of kind of camels, <laughs> camels in the desert. They don't think of high-tech Tel Aviv. They don't think of the Israel today. And so they think to themselves, hey, maybe when I'm 60 or retired, I'll take a trip to the Holy Land. And we say, no, you've got to see Israel not only for what happened there in antiquity, not only for what happened there centuries and centuries ago, but for the miracles that are happening in Israel today. Nachum, if I can, I was just with a rabbi the other day, and we were talking about this uh, this verse in Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel, talks about a day when water will flow from Jerusalem, and this water is going to flow, and it'll even turn uh, salt water into fresh. That's the, the prophecy that comes. And then you look at today, what do you see? You see Israel's technology with the desalination. Yeah. I mean, this is a game-changer. Miracles are happening all around us. We just have to open our eyes to see them. And the people who um, the people who come into uh, discussions about Israel with predispositions, uh, with a uh, either a tradition or a newfound uh, dislike of Israel, they they never can see that the the positive aspects of what Israel brings to the world, and uh, and the different things that Israel is doing that are making such you know game changing. Uh, um, you know, events happen in this world. They they refuse to see it. They just can't be. Uh, they can't be exposed with such because they have such blindness to it. And and we're right back to what we started with a few minutes ago, which is that polarization, which I think is fueled by the media yeah. in in a, in a horrific way. 
Um, and, and listen, anti-Semitism is not rational. You know, anti-Semitism is a psychological disorder. Right. Uh, that you, there's no, there's no rational understanding for anti-Semitism. Uh, it's, it, it's a psychological disorder. We have to call it out for what it is. Uh, and we have to, uh, understand that the best way to inoculate against it is to just get people to the land, let them meet Israelis, let them see what Israel does. And it absolutely is a game changer for folks. Uh, and so we're, we're, so, you know, to go back to your original question, Yes, I'm concerned. Uh, I'm especially concerned about um, uh, aspects where people are trying to rewrite theology and, and rewrite history. But I think that there's enough solid potential out there that if we can just turn the light switch on and get people there, get them connected, uh, it, it, it's a game changer. When your uh, when pastors and ministers that you invite from around the country to participate in these trips, when they when they go ahead and do so, are, are they able to come back and, and, and form their own journeys with their congregations? Do, do they come back and bring tens, if not hundreds, uh, of people and their families to Israel with them? One of the statistics that we're most proud of, uh, we've brought over 300 pastors so far. We scholarship them. We underwrite the trip right. uh, through the generosity of our donors. Right. Uh, our current statistic is that over almost 50% within 18 months, bring back a mission from their church. So you go from a pastor having never gone before, never connected to Israel, to he goes back and he brings his own group within 18 months. And there's others who, you know, who go past the 18-month mark, etc. And every time you do that, Nachum, what happens is you're planting that Israeli flag in the heart of that local church. Because once a church takes one trip to Israel, they're going to take another and another and another. Because, it, you know, it's, it's addictive. Uh, <laughs> once people are in the land, they want to go back. We were, so act- we, have, we, we were actually conjecturing how many trips you've made, but I think you actually lived there for a while, am I right? I've lived there twice. Right. Uh, I've had the privilege of living in the land twice, and I, I stopped counting about a hundred <laughs> times. Because uh, I, I think I think I'm a I think I'm a big shot with the number of, tri- of trips we take. It's nothing compared to you. <laughs> I'll, I'll be in Israel three times this month. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> three oh, times. I leave I leave for Israel tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> amazing, absolutely amazing. Uh, will, will will this week's trip be with uh, with other religious leaders, or this is a more of a private journey? No. So I just came back from leading sixty pastors on our pastors trip. It was amazing. Wow. We had Ambassador David Friedman with us. Nice. Uh, it was an incredible, incredible uh, time. Uh, tomorrow I'm leaving for Israel. I will be speaking. I'm one of the keynote speakers uh, at an event called the Global Christian Media Summit, which is sponsored by the uh, Prime Minister's Office, and it brings together leaders, uh, Christian leaders from media all over the world. So. Dozens and dozens and dozens of nations, uh, Christian journalists, Christian television producers, uh, those who are in all forms of media, getting them there uh, and letting them experience Israel firsthand. So I'm, I'm really blessed to be one of the keynote speakers 
uh, at that event that the Prime Minister's office is organizing. Yeah, the bulk of our listeners, as you know, are in the New York area. For some of them, it's going to be hard to believe that there is an effective global Christian media summit and market out there. But there are, as you can, <laughs> as you can attest, around this country and around the world, there are some very, very effective and large uh, Christian media outlets that are, uh, that are uh, uh, not only... Uh, doing, uh, you know, what they feel is important, but including in their agenda, love for Israel at the same time. Well, Nahum, you raise an interesting point, because what most people don't understand, and maybe what some American evangelicals don't want to admit, is that the epicenter of evangelicalism, I believe, is no longer America. Uh, The epicenter of evangelicalism is now Asia, Latin America, and Africa. Uh, Last week I was in South Korea. South Korea is now 30% evangelical. Uh, I preached at the largest church in the world last week in Seoul, Korea, Yoido Full Gospel Church, 800,000 members in one local church. They have a a sanctuary that seats 40,000. They have 18 services over a weekend. Did you preach in English? You preached in English? No, I preached in English. Yes, I preached in English. But uh, you see this love for Israel. If you go to Israel right now, the streets are filled with uh, with Chinese. Right. Uh, the evangelical. There's over a hundred million evangelicals in China. Uh, if you are an Israeli guide who speaks Mandarin, you have incredible job security right now. <laughs> right. That's because right. <laughs> yeah, there's just they can't find Mandarin speaking guides. So Korea, China, Brazil. I'm going to Brazil in February. Uh, Brazil now has 70 million evangelicals in the nation of Brazil. They make me look, you know, uh, lame in my support of Israel. These the, the Brazilians are crazy for Israel. Israeli flags everywhere, constantly getting on planes and heading over there. So the Jewish people and the Jewish state has friends all over the world. Global Christian Zionism, we have to remember, as a movement, is only about 35 or 40 years old. Right. Right? right. Like the modern Zionist movement, we can trace back to Basel in right. 1897. Mm-hmm. So you've got, you know, you've got, uh, what is that, 125 years. Right. Uh, modern Christian Zionism, I would argue, really launched with the launch of the Christian celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles, which just is, I think this is its 39th year. So we're finally getting our act together. We're catching up with you guys in terms of organization <laughs> and, and knowing how to be effective. Um, but Israel has incredible friends around the world. We stand with you unconditionally. Uh, we stand with you wholeheartedly. Nothing will ever separate us from Israel or the Jewish people. And uh, so I believe there's great days ahead. Well, it's one of the reasons that we love having you on. I think it's important for this audience to know that there are some very important friends out there. And as you say, uh, you're you're just getting uh, you know your, your foothold in after 39 years, and I think our community is starting to get used to it as well. You know, it, it takes a long time for the Jewish community to actually believe they have friends out there. <laughs> so we're, we we also need to be reminded as often as possible. Listen, this is a conversation 2,000 years in the making, right? I mean, we're, you know, we should stop and do a Shechainu right now, <laughs> because for 2,000 years we haven't had a conversation like this. No question about but, it. Baruch Hashem, it's happening now, and, uh, and we're going to learn, we're going to grow, we're going we're to make some mistakes, there'll be a little speed bump here and there, uh, but we're going to get it right, and Israel is going to be the Or HaGoyim uh, that Isaiah said it would be, and Jerusalem will dwell, please God, 
Israel Hashem, in peace and security and safety. Amen to that. Bishop, thank you. Good luck this week in Israel, and thanks so much for these conversations. It's much appreciated. Nachum, you're the best. You do a great service, not only to the Jewish community, but to all of us. And uh, so continue on. Thank you so much. There he is, uh, Bishop Robert Sturds, Eagle's Wings. He's heading back to Israel. And like I say, it's important we hear this message as often as possible. And remember, there's some very, very important friends of ours that are on the front lines. Not all of us are on the front lines, but they're important friends of ours around the world who are on the front lines in the battle for Israel. More coming up. You're listening to a, a Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM. That's Ohad. Bishah Tova. Thursday morning on this final day of October 2019, second of Marachesh Shvan, good morning. Well, many of you are, first of all, uh, I'm sure that many of you um, uh, have been following, because we've been paying a lot of attention to it, uh, the Azer Mitzion organization. We, we spent a lot of time in September uh, with Azer Mitzion sponsorship, um, uh, speaking about their efforts and then, of course, we had the big golf ball challenge between myself and Miriam Al Wallach. And uh, you may remember we did an amazing live show from the Azer Mitzion headquarters in Israel. Plus, we had the uh, Evening of Heroes that we did in Englewood, New Jersey a few months back. That was unbelievable. Now, there's an Evening of Heroes taking place for the Teaneck, Bergenfield, and New Milford community in New Jersey. It's an Evening of Heroes and an Evening of Inspiration, November the 9th beginning at 7.30. Support the world's largest Jewish bone marrow registry. Uh, go to eveningofheroes.com, eveningofheroes.com. Not only will you be treated to an amazing presentation about the work of Azer Mitzion 
and meet some of the donors and some of the recipients, etc., with with some amazing stories. Uh, but you'll also have a musical Havdalah with Shalom Lemmer, and you'll have a fireside chat when I get to speak uh, in front of everybody with Brett Stevens, the amazing journalist uh, and the commentator. With us live via telephone is Dr. Yoni Ratzersdorfer, who's a co-chair of the event happening November the 9th in Teaneck, New Jersey. Dr. Ratzersdorfer, welcome to JM in the AM. Hi, good morning. How are you? A pleasure to speak with you. When did you first get involved with Azer Mitzion? Uh, it was a few months ago. It was a couple of weeks before the Englewood event. Um, I was in touch with Ryan, and because my wife works in Mariah in Englewood, and we were in touch with Ryan, and we uh, were really excited about the event they were having there, and so we wanted to try bringing something to Teaneck. Um, how impressed are you with their work? It, it, it's almost impossible not to be impressed because of the speed and efficiency with which they add to the bone marrow registry. Tell me your impressions having seen them over these few months. I think it's amazing. I know that now they're up to over a million samples you know, in the Jewish registry that they have, which is tremendous as the largest one in the world. It's amazing the arrangement they have with the Israeli army, getting all of those soldiers you know, into the registry yeah. as they enlist in the army, who are going to be donors you know, for many, many years. They're young, they're healthy, they're genetically diverse. So being able to find matches for Jews from all over the world and anybody from all over the world is truly amazing. Yeah, it certainly is. Dr. Yoni Ratzersdorfer is with us, co-chair of the event November the 9th. Um, this is an interesting combination. You have, and, and again, you were at the Englewood event, so you, you know what a lot of this has to, uh, you know, you, you know how inspiring a lot of this is going to be. Uh, you hear these incredible stories. Coming out just for that is pretty amazing. You've added, and your committee has added, Shalom Lemmer, who's, you know, one of the most talked about singers of the day. And then Brett Stevens, who's an amazing friend of the community and somebody whose opinion a lot of people really, really care about. He's going to be part of the evening as well. I, I, I guess there's really something for everybody on November 9th, right? Absolutely. You know, we have the inspiration of Sean Lemmer and the singing and the Havdalah. We have Brett Stevens, certainly for his commentary, which is always insightful. Um, you know, getting to meet soldiers who are donors, getting to meet recipients, hearing about their stories, having gone through the experience. I donated bone marrow stem cells many years ago, the first year I was married. Wow. Um, and it was a tremendous uh, opportunity and experience. Um, can I ask about your personal experience? Do you know details sure. about, about the recipient, et cetera, or that's something you wouldn't know? No, that I don't want to talk about the right. recipient details. No, I, I understand, but I'm saying that's something you're familiar with. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a gentleman in his 60s who right. had leukemia. Wow, um, amazing. And, and you were know, able to... And you were able. Yeah, it was a desperate situation. Unbelievable! Uh, it's just incredible. And these soldiers, these young soldiers, some of whom we'll meet on November 9th at their tender young age, have this opportunity and actually go through the process to save someone's life. I can't even begin to think what that's like. You know, being on the giving end, the recipient's end. I can only imagine the elation that they and their family have when their life is saved. Obviously, but the giving end Certainly. of this of this whole thing must be. Simply remarkable. Uh, yeah, a lot of people, by the way, you know, we, we have an impressive lineup November 9th, everybody. After all, Brett Stevens, Shalom Lemmer, but the soldiers might, might be the, they may steal the show, frankly. <laughs> because Absolutely. Every, everyone loves paying tribute to Jewish heroes, and they're going to be the most heroic people in the room that night. Am I correct? <laughs> for sure, for sure. Soldiers who have had an opportunity to defend, you know, Israel, certainly, and yeah. then chance to save lives of people around the world, you know, in a totally different sense. It's 
absolutely amazing and inspiring. You know, it's funny, uh, Dr. Ratchersdorfer, as you tell the story of being involved the in this program, uh, essentially from before the Englewood program. At the Englewood program, people approached me and said, how can we get this in our community? They literally learned about it that night. With that in mind, I'd like you to appeal to everybody out there, whether they're in the Teaneck area or not, come on out on Saturday night, November the 9th, because they themselves may want to bring something as inspiring like this to their own community. And I, again, as somebody like yourself who was unfamiliar with Azermitzion before the whole Englewood thing started, I think you could appreciate that just being at an event like this could really spur people on to get involved. Absolutely. It's totally inspiring. Certainly the whole Teaneck, Bergenfield, New Milford community, we really hope to see everybody November 9th, Saturday night, 7.30 at Keter Torah, and anybody from all over the community. You know, we want to see everybody there. We can certainly help try to arrange bringing events to other communities if yeah. people feel as inspired as we did after the Englewood experience. By the way, this is happening at Congregation Keter Torah, officially starting at 7.30. Um, and, and again, all these elements, IDF heroes, Shalom Lemmer, Brett Stevens, etc. This, this is officially a free event. I'm not even kidding when I say that. Officially, it's free. Obviously, we want everybody to give as generously as possible and support the cause. And I think after you see the program, you're going to want to give as generously as possible. But it's literally being put together that you could just walk in and attend as a free event. So check it out. Go to eveningofheroes.com. Eveningofheroes.com. You'll be impressed with the committee uh, members and the long list of people in the community who are involved. And you will be impressed with the lineup and all the different things that are planned for that evening. It's going to be something extra special. Eveningofheroes.com. One of the co-chairs is uh, Dr. Yoni Ratzesdorfer. And doctor, we thank you very much for taking time this morning to remind our community how important the event this is. Thank you, Nachum. Hope to see everybody there again, eveningofheroes.com, to learn more and to RSVP. 100%, eveningofheroes.com. And yes, we do want to see everybody there, even if you're not in Teaneck. <clears throat> Excuse me, even if you're not in Teaneck. And they will have changed the clock by then. There's time to travel Saturday night next week. Even if you're not, because we changed the clock this coming Sunday morning. Even if you're not in Teaneck, come on out. You will see something and experience something that's unique and amazing. I think it, those of you who've paid attention to our relationship with Azer Mitzion since the show in Israel and since the whole September we did with them on the road and the Teaneck and the Englewood event, I, I think you're getting a sense of the of just how exciting an organization this is and just how active they are and just and just um, uh, why it's so so worth supporting their efforts going forward. So hop on the train, hop on the train, a fast moving train of uh, of life saving potential with Azer Mitzion because uh, they're making a tremendous uh, amount of strides here in this area, and it's not always easy to convince people to support causes that are based thousands of miles away in Israel, and they've really done it well over here. Uh, eveningofheroes.com, eveningofheroes.com. Thursday morning broadcast, JM and AM. A few minutes from now, Sivan Rahav Meir will join us. Keep it here at JM in the AM. Sholom Yisroel, Uravonim Levonecho, 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 U
new Danny Palgon here at JM in the AM. While many of you in this audience are familiar with the name Sivan Rahav Meir, an amazing uh, Israeli media personality. In fact, uh, Globes magazine a couple of years ago called her the most popular female media personality in Israel. Uh, the magazine also had her as one of the 50 most influential people in Israel. The Jerusalem Post cited her as one of the 50 most influential Jews in the world. Wow. Uh, she's author, For us, she's author of the book Hashtag Parsha <laughs> because it's something that we are uh, studying with our family every single week. And she, of course, has been well-known for her weekly Parsha Tashavua presentation in Israel. Many of you are familiar with the fact that Mizrahi, the amazing World Mizrahi organization under the leadership of Arav Daron Peretz, uh, asked Sivan Rahav Meir and her media personality husband, Yedidya Meir, to come to the United States for one year on Shlichut. And they are literally here in the U.S. as we speak. And her weekly Parsha Tashavua um, a presentation is given at Stern College in Manhattan every single week. Sivan Rahav Meir, shalom and welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning, good morning. Thank you for exaggerating. <laughs> How oh, are you? I don't know if it's any exaggeration, frankly. Your your career is skyrocketing. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing watching you go. We're so curious. We're so curious how you and Yadidya and your family have adjusted over the last couple of months to life here in the New York area. What's it been like? Wow, wow. First of all, now this morning we really adjusted. Nachum Spiegel is interviewing me. Now I'm, I'm really, you know, part of the, <laughs> part of the community. <laughs> Thank uh, you. <laughs> um, the truth is we're still learning every day. It's fascinating. I mean, I never thought, you know, we came here to, to give lectures, to give shurim, to, to teach, also to learn. I had no idea learning will be much more, uh, I would say, meaningful than teaching. Every day we, we discover something new about American Jews, um, I'm really impressed, by the way. I must tell you, I, I, I learned so much about the communities you, you built here, the schools, the shuls. How, I would say, in Israel, it's natural. Like, being a Jew, you feel it. Right. Although, you, of course, we all have to work hard, but 
it's part of the atmosphere. You know, you feel Yom Kippur. Here, if you don't do something, you know, nobody will bring Simchat Torah to you. You have to work. You have to create your community. You have to work hard on your Judaism. You know, you know, and your Yiddishkeit. Mm-hmm. And here, it's fascinating. Really, every day there's something new. At Stern College, here we live in Five Towns. Um, we were in Manhattan, Maryland. Um, and in Canada, Maryland, uh, many, many places. I mean, we really visit a lot of communities and trying to, you know, learn as much as we can. Now, um, you have children, uh, you know, at a variety of ages. How are they adjusting to this experience? <laughs> First of all, we ask them. We're not so crazy. We we sat together in Israel and Yerushalayim, you know, where we really live, and we ask them, uh, do you want to, what do you think about this adventure? When, when the world Mizrahi came up with the, Idea of Avdoron Peretz, you mentioned him. Uh, he has a lot of new things he's, he's arranging. The Mizrahi movement is really becoming, I oh, think, yeah. more and more, more relevant, especially today oh, yeah. with, with his leadership. So when he came with this idea of moving to, for a year, you know, to the States, we gathered, the whole family gathered, and the kids said that the, that the coolest thing they ever heard. I mean, they, they really, really wanted to be a part of this mission of this task, this, this shlichut. Otherwise, I think we, we, want, we, haven't been, we, we wouldn't do it. So basically, um, they are, I, I want to tell you something, and maybe it's a message for those who consider Aliyah. In a way, it's much, much easier for the kids than for us. I mean, I see them, you know, after, they call it Nes Chanukah. Are you familiar with the, with the phrase? They call it like the Chanukah miracle. Yeah. Like, many people, not, not the real miracle, they say, many parents, I asked many parents, they say, on Hanukkah, they will speak English. They right. will be, you will see something will, you know, I want to tell you, you can even talk about Nes Cheshvan before Hanukkah. Right. Um, the way they're treated here, the community, the warm hospitality, the kids, you know, in their classes, they really treat them well. And they, they it's a, I think kids adjust much faster. And I, I want to tell you, that they, they even told me a sentence a few days ago, Ima, the America, the the kef. Should I translate? <laughs> yes. Ima, the America, the school is fun. Yeah. I told them, yeah, because at the, at the beginning of the year, I told them, we don't really care about the grades. <laughs> right. Uh, you only study the Mudei Kodesh and as much as you can learn English. But, you know, I don't really ask them to, to know American history. Right. When there's no Bagrut, it's really fun, right? Sivan Rahav Meir is with us, but he writes, Daniel Gordis writes that in his first book, if I'm not mistaken, about Hanukkah uh, being the, the time when he realized that his kids had adjusted well enough to Israel to actually want to stay there. So it's interesting you say that. I guess it works in reverse as well when you say that by Hanukkah your kids will be able to speak yeah, English. I, I, I don't want to compare. I mean, they miss Israel. Yeah. We miss everything. We miss not only the holy places. It's, I thought I will miss the Kotel. Okay, that's obvious. I think I miss being an Elma, you know. Right. I miss I miss Arakevet Akala. I miss right. everything. It's it's you know it's it's a cottage we really it's our homeland but yeah it's 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 for us inspiring to know there's such a huge important community here. Look, they don't have shalom falafel in the five towns. It's as simple as that, you know. <laughs> now I was told that once Haraf Peretz, and by the way, you're so when you come into this studio, and one day I hope you'll come in here for an hour and we can really talk about things for a while. But th- then we'll spend some time talking about how he took a completely dead. Mizrahi organization, and I'm sorry to say it like that, and has brought it to such vibrant life, it's unbelievable. But that's for a different day. But I was told that once the announcement was made, 
Within days, there were 300 requests by communities in the United States to have you and Yadidya visit them for a Shabbat or during the week. Is that an exaggeration or is that what happened? <laughs> but I, I was shocked too. And it showed me, you know, how, how connected we are, how people are interested. Because if, if, the communities, maybe some of them heard about me, but some of them just heard there's a journalist coming from Israel, an Orthodox uh, journalist, we want to hear. And it's really flattering, not in the personal, you know, they, it's not me. It's, it's our, I would say, our deepest connections, our uh, identity, our heritage. A lot of communities reached out to us, and I do want to say we will not be able to, you know, to come to every shul, although um, the smallest that are really writing these letters, it's really touching, but um, I will not be able to come physically anywhere. People are really invited, you know, they really, I think, should follow if they're interested everywhere. I mean, on, on Facebook, we, we right. broadcast live the weekly shiur right. at Stern College. You know, we're there every Tuesday night in Manhattan. Um, we, it's, you can see it live on my Facebook, YouTube. I mean, the people there, why you people are working hard in order to reach, you know, American Jews all over. If you're not physically in Manhattan and it's okay, you can watch for from Yerushalayim or from Kansas. It, it, so, it, uh, it must be difficult, though. I mean, you had such a following, a physical following in Israel, and to have hundreds and hundreds and sometimes more, and sometimes even the president of Israel coming to your shiur and then wondering what it's going to be like in Manhattan. Are you getting those types of numbers here as well? <laughs> No, we do not have 1,000 people. It's like attending. It's okay. First of all, it's a lesson to to your ego. I think <laughs> anything we. Study, by the way, you you study everything I study here. I think teaches me about um in Israel. I don't want to brag, but even as a mother, you know, in the class, I was like the mother, the strong mother in the in the WhatsApp group, telling the mother was, when I will do this, deciding, you know. And here I'm like the Nebuchadnezzar mother. You know, I was your Yiddish. You know, <laughs> the, the slow mother asking all the, the embarrassing questions. Should we bring a snack? Should we bring a... Are you sure there's a neat check? Sounds quite weird. Okay, so you do a neat check and I should bring a snack. White shirt. What is PTA? What is pre-1A? You know, they don't teach it when you learn Anglit. They don't teach you all these... Once uh, a woman in uh, the WhatsApp group here wrote uh, GM... Please, PM, PLZ, TM. <laughs> I'm like, what? TM, it's tomorrow. GM is good morning. PM, private message. And PLZ, if my teacher, you know, in Israeli high school, I can't write PLZ. I see, I see my teacher. She will yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Uh, you know what you remind me of, by the way, when my sister uh, made Aliyah and her, her first child was born in Israel, so she got a notice once he went to school. She got a notice that there's going to be a field trip. So she's thinking like an American mother. You know, they're going to go to a museum. They're going to go to a few exhibits, you know, a field trip. <laughs> and and she, she didn't realize that in kindergarten there'll be a 30-kilometer hike, and that's the way it works in Israel, you know. <laughs> so you remind me about the difference in culture with that. Uh, are you able – you know, we love – listening to your show with Yadidya before we start on Friday morning, because your show in Israel is on just until, well, when the clock was regular, when it was a seven-hour difference. Uh, your show ended at 6 o'clock Eastern time on Friday morning. From Israel. Are you still able to maintain the show on a weekly basis? Yeah, not only on a weekly basis. My husband, every morning, he has a morning show for Radio Kol Chai. Here, where we live, we brought the equipment. Today's very simple. So we basically have a radio station here in the middle of you know, Five Downs, and every morning he has a show, Yadidia, uh, broadcast from, from here. 
and then goes to sleep. You know, he finishes with the morning show right. and then he goes to sleep. Right. And then, and then we have the weekly show, show, of course, on Galeitzal every Friday. Um, we share, you know, once again, people are really interested in you. I mean, you personally, but American Jews. Right. We talk a lot. We talk a lot about, about the experiences here. People are not so aware, you know, to the differences, the cultural differences, um, the bonds, what you feel towards us. We talk a lot about it. At first, I thought, oh, who will be interested? Why? Let's talk about guns. Let's talk about Netanyahu. Right. And I see, I read all the feedbacks, reactions, you know, people really want to hear about this experience here. So for us, you know, it's, it's not, it's all, also telling the Israelis what's going on here abroad and what are you facing here. How many people here ask you if there's going to be a prime minister in Israel? Wow. <laughs> My kids, uh, when I came back, you know, I, I went to Israel covering the election, voting and covering the elections. And when I came back, the kids asked, Mommy, we think you're going to fly again in three months, right? Yeah, so, uh, exactly. Basically, <laughs> one, of, one of my kids told me, he said, Mommy, I know we're the only democracy in the Middle East, but aren't we a little bit exaggerating with that democracy <laughs> thing? <laughs> too, too many elections, yeah. right? Too many elections. I love too it. Too many, too many. Sivan, <laughs> before you go, and, and look, I, I really hope we'll have a chance to sit down and, and do this for, because uh, I have so many questions to ask you. Uh, but I, 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 I must tell you, and it, my family will not admit it because they think I'm crazy every time I take out the book, but we love your book, Hashtag Parashat. It has so many wonderful insights. I, I have to ask you before uh, you leave us today on this Erev, almost Erev Shabbat Parashas Noach, what was he? Was Noach a good guy, not such a good guy? How do, how do you view a Noach as a personality? Wow. Um, first of all, it, it, dep- it's always, it depends what's, uh, what's the comparison. If you compare him to Avraham Avinu, that's our model. We do not say Noach Avinu. We say Avraham Avinu. Because Avraham, uh, like all of us, was a shaliach. We are all shalichim. Even if the Mizrahi movement, you know, does not come to you until you are a shaliach, every Jew is a shaliach. And Avraham Avinu started the shlichut movement in our world. So, of course, if you compare him to Avraham, he was, uh, Avraham was, uh, you know, was, uh, he's the role model. But if you compare him to his awful, awful, corrupted generation, of course, he's a tzaddik. But let me, um, if you mention my book, Hashtag Farashayim, thank you for that, let me just tell you that uh, this Chanukah Ezrat Hashem, a new book is coming up oh. in English oh. with Art, Art Scroll. They will publish our book about Rabbi Yaakov Edelstein of Blessed Memory, our Rav from Israel. We wrote a book in Hebrew, and it is translated into English right now. I mean, as we speak, Ezrat Hashem, uh, you will have a new book for Hanukkah to your family. Fantastic. Now we, now we know when we can get together and have a full-length conversation. That's fantastic. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, so the lectures are open to the public at Stern College. If people want information about bringing you to their community, you and Yedidya, they can contact the Mizrahi. Anything? The Mizrahi office. Just Google my name and see my site, the internet site, sivanravmeir.com, and... Uh, you know, move forward from there. All the information is there. The lecture schedule, it's all there, right? Yeah. Tadara Ba, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you very much. Have a good day. A, pl- a pleasure. Sivan Rahab Meir, everybody, there she is. The book, as she just described, is coming out before Hanukkah. Hopefully we'll finally have that opportunity to sit down with her for an hour, and I'll get a chance to ask her all those questions that I want to ask, and she'll have an opportunity to discuss uh, her recent projects, including that brand new book, Sivan Rahav Meir. Check her out online. The book is called, the, the, the book I'm referring to is Hashtag Parsha. It really is uh, uh, filled with a lot of wonderful Devray Torah on a uh, 
Parsha schedule, which you will see uh, when you check it out. More coming up. You're listening to a um, Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM, and here is that selection by Danny Palgon Bau at JM in the AM. Danny Palgon, brand new with Bo here at JM in the AM. Thursday morning. Uh, Charlie Harari with Unlocking Greatness is coming up next. Spin class, Michael Fragan at 9.30 Eastern Time. Jew in the City Speaks, it's Allison Josephs at 10 a.m. That's Life with Miriam L. Wallach with Yitzchak Muli, artist Yitzchak Muli in studio today. Uh, 10.30 this morning with uh, Miriam L. Wallach on That's Life. Live lunch at 11 a.m. 
JM Rewind comes up at 4 p.m. It's 7 o'clock, the Erev Shabbos show, hosted by Mark Zomik, brought to you by wonderful friends at Kedem. And today it's special for the New York City Marathoners. Anybody who is running in the New York City Marathon on Sunday, pay careful attention to the Erev Shabbos show, which is 7 p.m. tonight, 3 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow, and 10 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow. You will think you are in the middle of a great Jewish workout mix. When you listen to the Arab Shabbos show, it is dedicated to those who are running in the New York City Marathon this coming Sunday. Reminder, speaking of Sunday, Jerusalem College of Technology has their big dinner coming up. That's going to happen this Sunday with guest speaker John Medved, uh, honoring Stu Hershkowitz and Moria Agnoni Belsberg, st- uh, happening November the 3rd, 6 p.m. at Lincoln Square Synagogue. Information, jctgala.com, jctgala.com. We'll talk more tomorrow about the New York City Marathon Minion. Uh, for those who are runners and need information about the Minion. Um, uh, don't forget that the uh, the 2019 finals of the Chidona Tanakh for adults, uh, again, the World Zionist Organization with the American Zionist Movement and the Israeli Minister of Education will be holding the national finals of Chidona Tanakh for adults on Sunday, November the 10th at the Westside Institutional Synagogue beginning at 2 p.m. Ellie Marcus is the... Um, is the entertainer. Ellie Marcus is the is going to be entertaining everybody at the U.S. Finals of the International Bible Contest, Westside Institutional Synagogue. Information, azm.org slash Bible dash contest. azm.org slash Bible dash contest. Check that out. The Azer Mitzion event we told you about, eveningofheroes.com. That's happening in Teaneck, November the 9th. I get the chance to speak to Brett Stevens that evening. You get to hear him... Uh, and his brilliance, uh, plus Shalom Lemmer will be there as well, and some very inspiring stories. Azer Mitzion, we absolutely love our partnership with them. They are just uh, growing by leaps and bounds, and we look forward to November the 9th in Teaneck uh, for that unique event. should be a lot of fun. Achena Yisrael and brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up a great Thursday. My thanks to Bishop Stearns. My thanks to Lieutenant Governor Hochul. Uh, my thanks to Dr. Ratchesdorfer. And my thanks to Sivan Rahav Meir. Uh, all appearing as guests this morning on JM and the AM. Much appreciated. Uh, tomorrow we're back. We'll start at 6 a.m. There will be a weekly update tomorrow. That'll start at uh, 7.40 Eastern Time with Malcolm Homelines. Make sure to be tuned in and have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Malcolm Segal reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.